Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with both God and Jesus. We do this by emphasizing a foundation of Scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience them in a personal and unique way for you. The Kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with Him. This podcast series explores all that it means to seek first His kingdom. We will be learning together how to develop a kingdom perspective and how to live it out right now. Join us for this 12-week series and watch the kingdom inside of you grow as you experience heaven on earth. Um, I do want to, since we're doing announcements and I want to give everybody a second to hop on, um, I do have a story for you. We have been doing church with my father on Sundays um, at the center where he lives. He's, we're not allowed to go inside, but he can come outside. We have to wear masks and stay six feet apart away from him. And so we set up all the chairs. We take communion with us. Um, I've told several people that we do church with my dad on Sundays, and they're like, oh, do y'all watch live? Oh, no, no. We are very live, doing it all ourselves. And my dad is in charge. Um, and he is, he does have dementia, since he has been at this facility, he has been a reverend, a pastor, a night guard, and one day I called, and he was a Catholic priest. So um, he very much likes being in charge of church on Sunday. So we show up with the stuff for communion um, and just ready to follow his lead. And this week, we brought him Starbucks hot chocolate and some homemade snickerdoodle cookies, and he... Um, Wanted to do communion first, but I was like, let's kind of treat this like the coffee and donuts before church, which he totally understood, and he was all for that. So he drank his hot chocolate and ate three of the six cookies right then, and didn't say, didn't speak while any of this was, so we're all sitting there quietly, like waiting on what's next kind of thing, and you could see the wheels turning in his head, like he was trying to decide how church was going to start. So when he had finished his three cookies and sealed his Ziploc bag, he looks right at me and says, Deanna, let's start with announcements. And I was like, um, we had never done this before church before. Usually he just starts to singing. But we he remembered that church usually starts with announcements. So I had to create some very quickly on the fly. It's a good thing that um, I am creative because we just came up with some announcements. He was happy as can be. And we moved into the rest of our worship service. Um, it is always an adventure when we spend time with him. And um, this week we got to all be there as a family. It was um, Troy and I and Brady and Brooke. And I know he was so excited. Um, he did, much like a five-year-old in church, eat all of the cookies during church. <laughs> some during the sermon, some while we were singing, one before communion. But um, I was a little concerned that I was gonna get a phone call about his sugar level after eating that many cookies, but I did not. So that's good, I guess. Um, Anyway, so just a little on the announcement side. Uh, I'm not going to get creative with you guys and create some announcements. Um, so, um, but I do want to do a tiny bit of a uh, talk. First, I want to see um, those of you, if you are still doing Psalms. Today, I read the Psalms for today, and it is not Psalms of David. We're actually um, looking <laughs> at some Psalms of Asaph, and... Um, one of the things that I loved about today's reading was how he kept reminding himself of God's faithfulness. And um, that is such a powerful tool. 
in our arsenal of walking with, by faith is to remind ourselves of all the times that God has been faithful. So I hope you're enjoying your time in Psalms. Um, I know I am. I wrote it, but I'm going back and doing it with you guys, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so let's do a little bit of review. And you probably are thinking you better review fast. This is a very long outline. <laughs> I'm aware of that. But I have a goal, and I'm going to tell you what the goal is as we get going. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to be good with that. So we started with, we're doing the study on the kingdom of God. And we're going out of uh, Matthew chapter 6, where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We're, we talked about righteousness that very first day when we introduced it, so that that was kind of covered and we knew what we were talking about. But the rest of the weeks have been about seeking the kingdom. And we have done it using the who, what, when, where, and how. Well, we started with the when and the where. And we really kind of got that covered pretty quickly. And we have spent the last several weeks talking about who. Who is in the kingdom? Um, how do we get there? Those kind of things. But who is all involved in the kingdom of God? And tonight is our last week on who. Um, one of the things I want to make super clear at the very beginning, we could do who forever. Um, you're going to see that tonight, but who, books and books have been written over just one of these topics that we're going to hit tonight. Who we are as citizens of the kingdom of God, our new identity um, is so long and so involved and so full but we are not going to stay on who forever because the how, in my opinion, is the most important part. So we're going to finish with who tonight. And I, my goal tonight is to completely overwhelm you. That is my goal. Because I want you to look at this list and I want us to talk about what this list means. And I want you to be finished at the end of the night going, I could never do this by myself. Because that is absolutely right. We cannot walk in this identity of who or any of the previous ones that we've talked about. We talked about being a child of God. We've talked about being like little children. Um, we can't, Being reborn, we can't do any of that in our own power. And you can't do any of this list in your own power. So the good news is, is next week we start talking about the how. How do we walk this out? How is all of this supposed to happen? Um, how do I become these things? Um, maybe you don't feel like you're any of these things. Maybe you feel good about some of them. But here's what I know that I know. We cannot walk out this identity of our kingdom identity in our own strength. We can't. And so, but we still need to know who we are in Christ, who we are in this kingdom, so that we don't settle for anything less. These are truth. Every one of these has a scripture beside it. Every one of these are truths that's straight from God's word, often straight from the mouth of Jesus or straight from someone who was an immediate follower of his. These are truth. They are who we are in the kingdom of God. Um, and we don't need to settle for anything less. And when we do settle for something less, the enemy is getting away with something that we that's not okay. Truth is the only way to have victory. So 
you have to know it or you're gonna you know that song you have to know or you'll fall for anything you gotta and you gotta know what you believe or you're gonna fall for anything well in this case you have to know what is truth so that you recognize when the enemy comes at you with, with lies so we are going to be looking at all of these tonight a few of them um, because maybe they're passion spots for me or something that got my attention we're going to sit on a little longer, and then some of them I'm going to zip through. And it may be one that you are like, no, I wanted to sit on that one. I wanted her to talk about that more. Guys, you can do that. You can go into the scripture. You can look at the surrounding. You can Bible gateway the word and find other places it's talked about. Um, but again, most of these words, most of these truths, whole books have been written on just the one. So two in a 30-minute class, 45-minute class, to hit all of them well, we're not going to do. But I'm hoping to give you a taste of who we are in Christ and what our goals are. And I also want you to have a bit of frustration and I want you to have a bit of overwhelmed so that you're like, how do I get this done? That you're not going to settle for anything less than what God has for you because you see how awesome it is. And you're going to come back and you are going to seek hard after the how. How do we get this done? Um, okay, so we're going to start with the first one, which is a new creation. This one is a hot button for me. So I, did, I was like, should I put it at the top? We're going to get stuck here for a little while, but we're going to. 2 Corinthians 5, um, verse 17, and I got my Bible there already. Therefore... I really want to read verse 16, but I know we're, uh, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just not going to. We'll read it next week. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a... Okay, guys, this is, this is so black and white. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You can't be a little of both. You can't be half old, half new. Um, I know for me, as I'm getting older, that there's parts of me that feel older than other parts. Some parts of me, like some of the inside of me, some days feel super young, and then other parts of me feel super old. That's not how this works. You are a new creation, end of story. When you were reborn into Christ, you became new. God did not just tweak you. He didn't say, hmm, Colleen, you're, you're, I'm, I've got you here. I'm just going to tweak this little thing and tweak this little thing. That is not what Christianity is. We can believe, and originally, I, I want to tell you, originally, um, Christianity was looked at as just some Jewish sect, like a section of Judaism, and that is not true. Christianity is not just an add-on, an addendum to the old law. It is not. It is a whole new covenant we talked about new covenant it is a whole new thing it is not an add-on and you god does not just tweak you he did not just tweak the old law he created a whole new covenant and it's all about jesus and it's all about the cross and there's no tweaking it's a whole new thing it is not behavior modification you are a new creation period this isn't christianity is not a behavior modification modification tool um, we are new creations, um, and we cannot settle for less than that. 
And if you're sitting on the other side of the screen um, and you're going, I don't feel so new. Get a little upset about that. Get a little indignant about that. Don't settle. Seek him until you do. Because I'm getting into the how. That's what he has for you. That's who you are. You are a new creation. Now, another thing about being a new creation that I want to talk about. He didn't create a bunch of different creations. We are a new creation in Christ. We are filled with his spirit. We are a new creation in Christ. And that takes everything, any hierarchy, any pedestals, all of that goes away. We are all the same new creation, okay? The ground is level at the cross. We are all forgiven. We are all saved by grace. And all of these things I'm going to talk about tonight is for everyone. There is not, oh, she gets a little more because she's more. No, you get as much as you chase after. You get as much as you will seek and search for. Because you can have as much of God as you are willing to pursue. Because he is always ready to meet you right where you're at. So you get all of it. Okay, so you are a new creation. You are also free. Um, I'm studying right now in depth the book of Galatians. Um, and so we're actually on chapter 6. We just finished chapter 5. But I want to tell you, you are free. Galatians chapter 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand therefore and do not submit to a yoke of slavery. You are free. I am free. Free from what? Free from the bondage of sin. Free from the law. Free from religion. Free, free, free. You are free in Christ. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Now, you can start panicking right here, and that's okay. Oh, but if we just have this loose freedom, we're going to just stumble into all kind of... No. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you, as a free person, are free to follow the Spirit where He leads, and He will never lead us into sin. We are free um, from the yoke of slavery. Um, this one... If this one right now you're going, hmm, spend some time in Galatians. Start in chapter 1 and work your way through Galatians. That is what Paul talks about through the whole book. He also talks about it constantly in Romans. I'm in that chapter book as well right now. We have been set free. If you find yourself cycling in and out of sin, then you aren't fully walking in this freedom. Because he has set us free from those chains that keep us in cycles, okay? So you are free. If you don't feel free, get upset about it and chase after him. Find out why, okay? This is a very backwards lesson. You would think I would be sitting here going, don't worry about it. No, I want you to have everything he has for you. I don't want you to settle. So if you don't feel free, then we go after it. Now, I do want to caution, we do not. We are spirit-led, not feelings-led. So sometimes you may not feel like God is close. Okay, that's a lie, unless you've just walked away. We're not, gonna, we're not going to base our life with Christ on our feelings because our feelings are the first thing to lie to us. Um, we have to base it on truth. 
okay? So that's why I'm giving you lots of truth tonight. We are salt and light. Um, of course, we have to talk about that we're salty. We are salt. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light. Jesus was the light when he was here. And then he left and he assigned us to be the light that draw people to God, that God is reflected through our lives. We are called to be the light. Um, I love John 15. 15, we are friends of Jesus. I started my quiet time this morning with, hey, friends. And it is so special and it is so powerful to know that the Savior of the world calls us friend. I have friends. I have close friends. I have associates. I have people that are further out. You know, you got your inner circle and all this. Jesus desires to be your very best friend. Um, I love one of the ladies that's in my Tuesday night group, Olivia. We're talking about just what God is doing. And she looked straight at us with so much conviction and so much power and said, he is my best friend. Guys, if you should, we should all desire to be able to say that with the same level of passion and excitement that she was able to say it. He is our friend. Um, also, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. This one trips me up the most. I'm going to be honest because I have these moments where I'm like, this body, this body that in my mind is so often not what I want it to be, is holy and set apart for the Spirit to live within me. Um, I think we would like to just talk about our spirit, our minds, our personalities, but your body matters. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. Um, so that makes you holy. Um, the next one, we are gifted. Um, I could sit on this one all night long. This is one of my also serious passion buttons. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, we're actually going to look because I just feel bad not doing so. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You also can go to Romans chapter 12. So if you want some more on spiritual gifts, you can look at Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are all places that Paul spends a lot of time talking about spiritual gifts. Um, I want to, to very quickly let you know that it's not all the gifts. Nowhere in Scripture is every gift that God has the ability to give us listed. Um, can you imagine? Absolutely not. So, but we are gifted... And here's the thing. Well, I'm going to read it. it. It would be silly to just tell you what it says when I could just read it to you. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. It does not say in pastors it does not say in just leaders. It does not say in his favorite five. In everyone, you have been given a gift, probably more than one. And as you use those gifts, he gives you more. As you are faithful steward with the gifts that you're given, he will give you more. Your gift may not look like mine. Your gift may not look like Colleen's. Our gifts don't look the same. And that's how he meant it to be. But not one gift is more important than the other. I promise you, not one gift. We need them all. And all of the gifts, their purpose is for the building up of the church. It's for the building up of the body. That does not mean, again, a single place in a single location. The church 
is the entire body of Christ around the whole entire world. Your gift is to build up the body in whatever capacity and way the Spirit leads you, how He has empowered you and how He leads you. That may or may not mean serving in your specific location in a building. It can be anything. However He leads, He gives you gifts and He leads you to and empowers you to use them. Again, if you're sitting on the other side going, I don't know what my gift is. How do I find out what my gift is? I don't know. You seek Him. Everything is going to come back to that because he's the one who knows. Um, there are people, and um, I um, enjoy the gift of being able to help people recognize their gift and learn how to use that gift and learn how to raise them up. And I sometimes have to do a lot of pushing. Um, but even if you don't have that, if you seek him, you will run straight into your giftings, his will, all the things. They're all found in him. Okay. Um, you are ambassadors. Oh, this one was so, like, I love to read. I'm a huge um, novel person. And here, I'll tell you my secret on how I read novels. If it has a lot of five-star reviews, I want to read it. I want to know. And if it's super popular, like if it's on the front at Barnes, we were at Barnes, and Brooke and I were at Barnes and Nobles uh, this weekend. And I was like, what books are, what's, what's everybody reading? Like, I like to be in the know where books are concerned, and I love to read. Um, in fact, it can be kind of the depth of me, because I can stay up all night and finish a book and all kind of bad things. But a lot of the books I read, there will be ambassadors that are not from that country, that are somewhere else, and they are, they're there representing their country. And um, one of the books I just finished, there was quite a bit of talk of that, like ambassadors coming um, to Russia. Y'all, we are ambassadors for Christ. How does that work? What does that mean? We are his representation here. We should be... Mm. An ambassador is not just a visitor to another country. They're not just a visitor. They are there with a purpose. They are there representing the country they come from. And so I want to jump down, I'm gonna skip around for a second, to um, citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. The most important citizenship that you presently have is heaven. And if you're sitting here going, no, but I'm not dead yet. Exactly. It is a present tense. Well, let's just go look because I don't want you to just take my word for it. Philippians um, chapter 3, verse 20. Um, I need you to see it for yourself because I don't, again, I want you to hear it for yourself. Um, our citizenship is in heaven. Guys, that's all present tense. That is all present tense. Paul is talking to the people of Philippi and saying, hey, your citizenship is in heaven. So right now on earth, you are an ambassador for heaven. You are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. This kingdom that we're seeking after, you're an ambassador for the kingdom. 
So it's super important that you know what you're representing. Okay, the next one, Fishers of Men. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. Um, this is one of those spaces in The Chosen that I absolutely love. Um, he has called, he has um, gone to see Peter. Um, at the time, he was just known by Simon. And they're out on their boats. And they have not caught fish all night long. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't caught anything. Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side. And a miracle. Like, there's this huge miracle. And so Peter, he tells Peter to follow me. And he says to him, I will make you fishers of men. Okay, let's just take a second and pause. Do we think Peter really knew what that meant? Did he have any idea how to be a fisher of men? Pretty think it's safe to say the answer is no. He had no idea how to take what he knew about fishing for fish, which is just throwing a net over the side of the boat and hoping that the fish get in. I mean, there's weights on it. I mean, he had to have had a moment of going, huh, fishers of men have no idea what that means, but this guy just did a miracle and saved my life. I'm going to follow him and we're going to figure it out. I'm pretty sure if we got to sit down with Peter and we asked him, hey, out of all this identity stuff, what was your favorite? What's your favorite? What's the most important to you? What's the one that you love the most? Pretty sure you would say this one. You know why? Because it was the first one. It's the first one, and it was probably the hardest to figure out. Um, that's another thing that is so true. Whichever one on this list for you is the hardest, I promise you, when you walk in it, it will become your favorite. Because you will know it wasn't you. You will know it was the Holy Spirit, and you will have such a victory. If it's a place that you're like, oh, that one's pretty easy for me, or that's, oh, I get that. Like, I'm able to walk in that pretty well. But the one that is the hardest will become your favorite when you walk in it because you will feel the Spirit all over it because it's the only way you can do it. It's the only way you can do it. So fishers of men. We, on the other side of the cross, we being able to read all the stories, we have an idea of what it means to be fishers of men. But how many of us give that task over to a professional? Oh, that's what the pastor does. No, that is for us. We are fishers of men. And let me tell you something. This is not a, a bait and hook kind of thing. This is a throw out the net kind of thing. And anybody who wants to come, comes. We don't get to um, prejudge who we throw the bait to. Um, that's super tempting. Oh, they look like they might want to be saved. Oh, they must really need Jesus. Guys, we all really need Jesus. And we are all called to be fishers of men who cast a wide net and let God deal with whatever gets caught in the net. Because that's what the kingdom is. Everyone is welcome. And typically it's the people that we never would have dreamed. Whom we would, I guarantee, the first century church never dreamed that Paul would be responsible for over half of the New Testament. But here it is happening. The guy that tortured Christians and turned them over to the authorities would someday 
be a serious fisher of men. That wasn't, that wasn't in their radar. You have no idea who God is waiting on you to throw the net because you may just catch the next Paul. We have to be willing to throw a wide net. Okay, I didn't think I was going to sit on that one. Here we go. You know. Armed and powerful. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. This is the armor of God. We are armed. We have been given armor and we are powerful. Again, if you're sitting there going, well, you may be powerful, but I don't know. This is true for all of us. We are powerful. When the Spirit came in Acts chapter 1, 2, Acts chapter 2, but Jesus told them, it's going to come with power. The Spirit comes with power. If your life doesn't feel powerful and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you need to be frustrated. You need to say, what's up? What's wrong? Why is this? Why do I not feel powerful? Because it is available. Power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And guys, that power in Greek is dynamite. It's where we get our word dynamite. If you don't feel that kind of power inside of you welling up on the regular, you need to be saying, why? Why? How do I get it? How, how, how? How do I get it? What do I do? The answer is in our verse. You seek because power is found in him. Okay, so we are armed and powerful. Oh, we have to sit on fruitful for a little while. It's like, it's my space. Fruitful, John chapter 15, verse 8. Um, fruit. It, uh, well, let's just look at it. Again, I could just sit here and tell you the verse, but you know, some of these we have to look up. Just because it's a favorite and just because I could possibly quote it to you. I want you to hear it for yourself. John chapter 15, Jesus is talking. This is right before, um, this is right after he's washed their feet. He is probably on the Mount of Olives right now talking to his followers before he is betrayed. This is before Judas comes along. So John chapter 15, I really want to read all of the verses, but I'm not going to. We're go well, we're going to back up a little bit. Let's back up to verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. This is important. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then let's jump down to verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciple. The plan is, Jesus' plan for us, Jesus' intention for us, Jesus' desire for us, is to bear much fruit. Why? So that God is glorified. So that people are drawn to him. Your fruit is not for you to eat. Your fruit that your life bears blesses the people around you. If you're not really sure what kind of fruit your life is is Okay, there's fruit. I've done a whole class on fruit. But every life produces fruit. We need to be producing kingdom fruit. So if your life is producing some bitterness and some anger and resentment and unforgiveness, okay, that's not the kind of fruit we're talking about. We are talking about fruit that point people to Jesus. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 are the fruit of the Spirit. And again, that is not an extensive list of the only kind of fruit that your life can possess, can have, but it should bear fruit according
according to the Spirit, which is that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are just the tip of the iceberg of what, but those for sure are evident in a life that is being lived in the kingdom of God. Those are the kind of fruit. Now, I have to say a couple of things. Fruit cannot be forced. You cannot make yourself be patient. You may can use all kinds. You can read all the books and you can do all the things. And in the flesh, you may have a level of any of those things. But that, what is done in the flesh, has no eternal value. First of all, that's important to know. And it eventually will collapse. Because in our flesh, we cannot bear this kind of fruit. It may just be a, um, a result of a seriously strong will. Um, that used to be me. I can make myself be joyful, dadgummit. I can make myself be patient. That is not what the fruit is about. Fruit comes, we read it in, in John chapter 15, from abiding in Christ. Now, if you're sitting on the other side going, you have no earthly idea what that means, good. That's in the how next week. That's where we're going to be talking about how do we do these things? How do we walk this out? How do we get to do this? You should be, how should be on the tip of your tongue on all of these? How? How do I abide? How do I, how do I live life in the spirit? Um, that's what we're going to talk about. But we cannot make fruit happen. And another thing that I have to say is fruit takes time. There are seasons. You've got to let your branch grow. You've got to let it have some leaves. You've got to let it grow some fruit. And you maybe it'll have a bloom before it has a fruit. We can't lose patience with us because it's not us doing it. We have to trust our abiding, our staying in the spirit with Jesus that he will bear fruit in us because that's his job. So don't beat yourself up when your life doesn't have the fruit it wants. Maybe the answer is just more time in because fruit takes time. Okay, you are God's, we, I'm not even gonna just say you, we are God's workmanship. He has created us to do good works. He created you for right now for just a specific thing. Um, not some one thing. Your thing is to, to walk in the spirit because as we chase after him, we're going to run into all the things he wants us to do. But you're in your space at this time for a reason. Um, you're his workmanship. He created you with lots in mind. He gave you gifts and talents with things in mind and they aren't self-serving. They are God-serving and other-serving. The things that he gives us, while they bless us greatly, the point is to have open hands. Let him pour into us and us pour it out. Um, when we start hanging on tight, then there's no way for us to receive from him. We have to have open hands to pour out so that we can continue to receive. Okay, this one, Colossians 3.12, is big. We are chosen, we are holy, and we are beloved. 
I think that most of us can go, okay, yeah, I get that I'm loved by God. John 3, 16, he sent his only son to die for me because he so loved me. You can get that you're chosen, maybe. Maybe that feels a little bit of a stretch. But holy? Like, that's what they sing. That's what the people, or that's what the creatures in heaven around the throne, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Like, he's holy. How are we holy? Um, this is probably the one that trips me up the most. I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling so holy today. We're holy because he is holy and he is in us. Holy means set apart for God. We are set apart for him. We are holy. Okay, we're anointed. First John 2, 27. Um, depending on what circle and what, um, what your background is in um, church, you may or may not have heard this word a lot, but this is one of those things that gets tossed around like, oh, they're walking in the anointing. Oh, they've been anointed. Uh, they have an anointing on them. I am not in any way saying that that is not true because there are absolutely anointings for certain gifts and certain talents and certain things that God gives you. He's going to give you an anointing to carry that out. But what I want you to know is we are all anointed. This is not just for the elite. There are no elite. Remember, the ground at the cross is level. There is not one of us that has that is any more loved than the next. Not one of us. I want you to sit on that for just a second because I think that's so hard to believe for us. We so often decide how much we love or even how much we like based on performance. That is not who God is. Jesus was crucified from the foundation of the world. Your sins were nailed to a cross. You are saved. You are righteous. You are redeemed. You are all those things. He canceled the debt. And we all stand before God in this same space. Not one of us better than the other. Equally loved, equally cherished, equally chosen. And we all have access to the same amount of God that the other person has. If you look at someone and say, oh, they have more than me, maybe they're running harder after it. We get what we chase. He promises us. Okay, so we're sojourners and we are exiles. This only makes sense. If we are ambassadors and we are citizens of heaven, then it is safe to say this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We are sojourners and exiles. This is not our home turf. We get so incredibly wrapped up in being Texan or being American or being whatever, being a, whatever your thing is. This world, we should be so much more wrapped up in being his and who we are in the kingdom that is eternal. Because guess what? America is not eternal. Texas is not eternal. They're not going to be here forever. They are temporary. This is a temporary space. But your space in eternity, your space in the spirit 
is forever. We are sojourners and exiles. And if something super temporary regularly gets your goat, regularly makes you mad, and steam come out of your ears, you need to sit with God on that. This is temporary. Temporary. Okay. We already hit on citizens of heaven, so we get to skip that. We are witnesses. Oh, y'all. Okay, we're going to look at this one because I just love this. We are witnesses to what we have seen. Now, you may think, no, that was for them back then. No, it's not. No, it's not. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you, oh, we just talked about this, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And then he says, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and this is where it gets us, to the ends of the earth, you will receive power, you will be his witnesses to whatever part of the earth he has planted you on or he moves you to, okay? In Matthew 28, when he gives them the Great Commission, the go, he says, go. And as they go, they make disciples, right? But you are to be a witness to what you have. A witness is what? They have to have seen something, right? If you're called to be a witness in court, you have to have seen it. You can't witness hearsay. Doesn't need to say that again. You cannot be a witness to hearsay. Your relationship with God cannot be built on hearsay. In other words, it can't be secondhand. You have to see him for yourself. You have to let him speak to you for yourself. That is what you're a witness of. That is what you're a witness of. You are called to see and hear firsthand and be a witness to that. Not secondhand. Not secondhand. What is God speaking to you right now? What is he showing you? That is what you're a witness to. That is what you're a witness to. Okay. Ah, and here we go. Perfect. Huh. I really did not have a great order when I went with this. I just kind of went with except a few. Um, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. This is one of those favorites of mine. Ephesians 2, 6, and 7. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. Guys, this is where you're going to see and hear a lot of the things that you're going to witness to. This is, the, this is the place that relationship is built. This is the place where peace is found. This is the place where you, you tap into that power. This is where you abide. This is where you learn about your gifts. This is where you feel so loved. This is where peace that passes all understanding begins to blanket you. Seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And then finally, the one I want to end with um, for tonight is Galatians 2.20. Um, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Guys, that's kind of huge. Christ lives in us. If we let him he will live out. We will let him live out through us. We will let him live out through us. But he lives in us. If you have received him as Savior, he is alive inside 
of you. And he wants you to recognize him in all the things that you do. Okay, this list of the 19 things is a tip of the iceberg. I have in a Ziploc bag somewhere a list of truths of who we are in Christ that I think I have 125 or so of those. Um, so 19 is a tip of the iceberg. And if you read, if you're with me in all of this, and if at some point you didn't go, uh, all of this, all of this, and so much more. It is who we are as citizens of the kingdom of God. It is who you are. Every bit of it is truth. Every bit of it came straight from Scripture. I gave you the Scriptures right here. Go back and look them up if you're having a hard time with some. But I hope that on the other side of this little screen, that you are a little overwhelmed, maybe a little frustrated, and maybe a little bit, but tell us how we are. That's what I want for you. I want you to not settle. I want you to say, I want all of this. Because he has all of it for you. I want you to want it all. Okay. We're going to listen for God. It is time to listen for God. Uh, I'm super excited about our questions tonight. Um, I feel like they're going to be so eye-opening for us. Um, I'm going to pray, though, of course, before we get started, because I don't want you to um, be all concerned um, about that, and I don't want to get text messages reminding me. So, um, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so, so much for, for making us new, for letting us receive your spirit, for giving your spirit, Lord, for, for the work of the cross. Lord, there's so many things for us to be thankful for, so many things, Lord, that we have not fully experienced, Lord, but we want all of you that we can have. Um, so, Lord, right now, as we come before you and we want to listen for what you have to say, Lord, I pray that you will silence the voices in our heads, whether it's our voice or outside noise. Lord, I pray that you will just quiet that down so that we can hear what you want us to hear. An enemy, you have no place here. In the name of Jesus, you are bound and you are gagged and you may not interfere with what God wants to do in this space. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to say and we thank you for what you're going to do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so most of these are going to refer back to um, these identity things on the front. So you, uh, or I write my questions on the back, so it'll refer back a little bit to your listening guide. One identity you struggle receiving and believing. One of the truths that we've talked about that you really struggle receiving and believing One identity you struggle receiving and believing. Home. 
him a new creation. Oh, the very first one, a new creation. Was it the first one? It was the first one. Um, I got powerful, which is a tiny bit frustrating because it's one of the truths I write every morning. And even writing it and saying it every day, I'm still having trouble with it. Mm -hmm. Faith said loved. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think at the heart of all of these is recognizing that we're loved. So I think all of us can completely relate to that. Mm -hmm. Amber, I am more the internet. Mm-hmm. I want to say something about what Amber just said right there, um, about being worthy and enough, because we are because of what Christ did. Um, we are enough. You don't have to, this is important, you don't have to change you. You don't have to arrive before the Holy Spirit starts to work in you. You don't have to arrive to become the new creation. You don't have to do something. He meets you right where you are. He, you, he deems you worthy right where you are because of the blood of Jesus. And he says you're enough right where you are. He meets you in that space and he begins to do his work. There's not a thing we can do to make ourselves worthy or make ourselves more. We are just the way we're supposed to be. And then he gets a hold of us, and then he does what he wants to do. So, um, thank you, Amber, for sharing that. Uh, Karina said loved. Loved. Okay, number two. One identity you wear well. One identity you wear well. One identity you wear well. Hmm. I can see Colin's people. I don't. I do not feel like that. <laughs> One identity you wear well. Colleen, what did you get? Love. Love. And I, I got a child of God. Um, I spend so much time in the throne room with him just holding me, so it makes sense that that is one mm -hmm. that I do wear pretty well. A child of God. One identity you wear well. It's hard. So often when it's something it. good about us, it's very hard to hear. So and that's okay. It. So sometimes when you don't believe it, you don't think it's him. Yeah. And if he's telling mm -hmm. you something good about you, sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to receive. Um, we're going to jump on to number three. Mm -hmm. One new identity to hang on to, to embrace. So one new thing, um, maybe from what we talked about or maybe from just something he wants to tell you. One something that he's like, I want you to get a hold of this one. Like, I want you to receive this from me. Mm 
one new identity to hang on to. Okay, so um, Karina answered question two. Okay. There might have been a delay. Um, Amber said, no, Karina said daughter of the Most High. Ooh. Um, Amber said you didn't say it, but servant. Nurturing awesome. Others. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Lisa said holy. Oh, wow. I don't That's awesome. That, I don't know if that was for three or two or three. Um, Ron said, uh, to be selfless, not selfish. Mm. Okay, so, let me listen. Inez said, armed and powerful. Ooh, I love that. One new identity he wants you to receive. My one new identity to embrace was fruitful. Um, to, and I know what he's trying, what he's been trying to tell me for a while, and I have such a hard time with this, is not to measure things by earthly standards, but to trust that when I'm being obedient, that my life is going to bear fruit, even if it doesn't look like it in the physical, mm-hmm. to trust that he does, yes. he makes it happen. So I got grace. Grace. Mm-hmm. One yeah. new identity to hang on mm-hmm. to. Grace. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, bring, no, the third one. Oh. To get that he wants me to receive. Yeah. Or to embrace. Right. To receive, right? Yes. Okay. All right, number four. Or should we wait? No, go ahead. Number four. One new way to draw near to God. One new way to draw near to God. One new way to draw near to God. What'd you get? Stop and take a deep breath. Oh, I love that. Pause. Mm-hmm. He's been working on me with pause. Mm-hmm. I got private worship time. Mm-hmm. That one is such a powerful one for me, and when I neglect it, mm-hmm. it hurts me. Private worship time. So mm-hmm. for number three, Amber Heard anointed. Not sure if that means me or him. I had you. to go back and look at my notes. <laughs> you, 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 you. You're anointed. I love that. Um, Faith got pray for number four. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Identity questions are hard. They are hard. Just Identity like questions are hard. <laughs> number five is easy and it's fun, so it'll be okay. Oh, we're good. Number, uh, Ron, for number four, spend more time with him. Yes. yes. Uh, Karina, be still and know. Mm, still. Everybody. That's a tough one for you. I don't know that I've ever witnessed that. Still. <laughs> Troy said he hasn't seen you be still either. I know. One of the things I love about Karina is all of her energy, though. Yeah. I will say. Uh, Amber, worship during the day. I had to go back and set my alarm to remind me midday. I get so busy. Oh, that's a great idea. A reminder. I love that. Number five. One word God wants to leave you with tonight. One word God wants to leave you with tonight. Colleen? It's all worth it. Oh, it's all worth it. (laughs) Yep, it is. I got cherished. Mm. That's a new word for me. I don't. I haven't heard that one before. Cherished. 
Uh, Crystal's having a hard time hearing. It's okay. These are hard. Okay, if you are still new at hearing God's voice, I just want you to hear that identity questions can sometimes be really, really hard because they're about us. If I were to ask you to, who does God want you to reach out to? And, and try, Crystal, I'm going to recommend listening for number five. Just one word God wants to leave you with tonight. Um, don't worry about the ones above it. Just listen for that. When we start dealing with our identity, us inside of us wells up and, and has an opinion. And it may not agree with God. And when that happens, um, we don't always receive what God is saying. and so Or we assume that it wasn't him in the first place. Um, and all of that can happen subconsciously before it even really makes it to the part of your brain that you're aware of. Um, so try for just the number five. One word God wants to leave you with tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for number four, um, Inez got, where did I miss it? Hang on, I'm going to find it. Sit at Jesus' feet. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, so for number five, Faith got Unforgiven, mm. and Crystal got Patience. That makes total sense. Oh, that is a good word for you for number five, Crystal, is just be patient. He's doing it. Mm -hmm. Trust him. He's doing the work. Karina, you are loved. All oh, you are so loved. That is awesome. Kenzie, safe. Oh, that's sweet. That's awesome. Ron, patience. Mm. Lisa, relax and receive. Oh, I love that. Um, Inez, I'm holding God's hand. More than one word. That's okay. More than one <laughs> word is totally fine. Colleen breaks the rules all the time, too. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm so glad y'all joined us tonight on our last night of Who. <laughs> I'm so excited about next week and the how. Um, so, um, I'm going to pray this out, and then um, we will catch you next time. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. Um, for what you're doing in each of our lives. Lord, I ask that you continue to give us a hunger and a thirst for you that can't be quenched by anything else. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, I ask that you, that you make yourself known to us throughout this week. Lord, surprise us with your goodness. Thank you for Jesus. We ask all this in his name. Amen.